This is the Deep Color podcast series. Deep Color is an oral history project where I talk with artists about their work and their lives. The ultimate goal here is to give listeners a better understanding about the experiences and people behind the artwork. My name is Joseph Hart, and I produce and facilitate this series. These recordings are casual, straight on, and unscripted. In this episode, I speak with painter Walter Price. Walter's paintings are usually modest in size and max out at around 18 by 24 inches. He playfully blends abstraction and representational imagery and almost always includes a distinct horizon line or the suggestion of an interior space. Walter's paintings are full of personal symbolism and exploration, and I think they're a solid reflection of his warm and energetic spirit. He's in the midst of preparing for his first solo show in New York, which will be at Karma. Karma is an arts bookstore and gallery space in the East Village. We recorded the following conversation at Walter's home studio in the Bedford-Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn. So one of the things that um, I do at the start of these is describe the work, assuming that uh, a majority of the listeners mm-hmm. won't know your work. So Fast I want to try and describe it. Okay. And then add into it if I'm missing something okay. or if you completely disagree with my description of what you do yeah um, be like Joe nope that's nah. not it <laughs> uh, so you're a painter yes and solely a painter well you make drawings too yes uh, so draw yep and your and your paintings for the most part are not huge they are 24 by 18 mm-hmm nine by seven these mm-hmm. are small these are paintings that one could fit under their arm and exactly. walk down the street with exactly. now i am seeing some larger paintings that you've been um working on mm-hmm. and i assume these are these were as you worked towards this upcoming show yes which we'll talk about down the road in this conversation mm-hmm. but uh these paintings are made mostly in a traditional manner right you're using a brush mm-hmm. acrylic paint yes and do you add any medium to the acrylic? Um, no, but I do get funky sometimes with like uh, airplane glass beads and like uh, like smalt or whatever. I kind of like mix certain things in sometimes to give it texture because uh-huh. I'm always thinking about like the push and pull factor with like depth or whatever. Uh-huh. So, you know, I kind of think about texture, right. flat, flatness, glossiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. The glossy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, acrylic can can get matte and it can get very glossy depending exactly. on the brand, yep. the color, mm-hmm. um, or what it, what you add into it. Exactly. Um, and I also notice in a couple of these, maybe just this one smaller one right here, there is uh, a collage element. It looks like a piece of plexi or glass that you've glued on top of the canvas. Yes. Um yeah, definitely. Uh, Maybe some feathers in that one. Yeah. So you do add some stuff in, but yeah. I would say not. not like too that's much. not that's not all over the place. That's kind of. Yeah, very subtle. It's right. just like you know a little experimentation just to see. Uh-huh. But with the plexi and the collage, it it started to repeat more because using plexi or using glass also for me helps with like the idea of depth and like the illusion of. Like the whole push and pull thing that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. So foreground like, and background. Yeah. So. What's in front? What's in back? Exactly. And these are all store bought canvases. It looks like to me. Yeah, some of them are, and then some of them I stretch. But um, 
initially yeah store bought because you know it's more immediate for me yeah it's easy there's sales like ready paper. to go yeah um and the content of your paintings is a mix of abstraction and representation mm -hmm. i would say there's a strong as long as i've been looking at your paintings mm -hmm. and drawings there's always been a strong landscape presence there's a horizon line yeah definitely. or the or the description of an interior space or buildings um, and then there's also figurative elements or objects that we associate with the figure like furniture like here's a couch in this one mm -hmm. um, or a car uh, these and I feel like these are things that you see around you yeah they um in weird ways um, it just kind of they're like symbols that like represent certain things for me that I am aware of at the time and sometimes it kind of comes to me over time as the the symbol is repeated or you know I have just the impulse to paint it so yeah the couches are repeated a lot um for several different reasons um for mm -hmm. one of which is because um I see it a lot and yeah there's a couch in your studio yeah. right behind me yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I've always been known to be like a, a couch potato oh, okay. so, uh, like watching tv on the couch or uh, playing video games or yeah just uh just chilling you know i'm just i probably i mean when i was younger i got in a lot of trouble so i kind of decided to just stay in the house you know what what type of trouble do you mind sharing um yeah you know being a shit talker you know yeah just Trash talk, yeah. Trash talking, you know. I, were, you I never, getting, were you getting in fights and stuff like that, or uh, in the neighborhoods? No, but once I joined the military, I kind of got all of my bad out. Then okay. I had a lot of built up anger that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, because when I before I joined, I, you know, I kind of just stayed to myself. I knew a lot of people and hung out with a lot of people, but um, I didn't like hang. I wasn't with crews. I was like usually if I did my mischief, it was on my own you're by yourself yeah i was kind of yeah. mysterious you know cool and we're gonna get to your um time in the military mm -hmm. down down the road so yeah um i'm glad that you brought that up though yeah i'm trying to remember the first time we met and i i think i remember let me oh yeah I know. let me uh give you my experience and yeah. then we'll see if it matches up with yeah. yours i remember it being the middle of winter yeah cold there was it was cold <laughs> it was I think it was a it was snowing outside or freezing rain or something. Uh, and you so. had you had gotten hold of my email or my phone number through a common friend yeah. and you just reached out to me, Hey Joe, I'm new in town, I like your work, can I come by your studio? Yes. And I was like, Of course, come on yeah. by. And you chose like the coldest, wettest <laughs> day of like I wanna say it was like February, a couple two or three years I know, ago. Oh yeah. Um, to come out to Red Hook. Which is where my studio was at the time, <laughs> yeah. which is hard to get to on public transportation. Yeah, I had to walk far. Yeah, yeah I remember you walked through that weather to get <laughs> yeah. to my studio. I was like, wow, you really trooped through some shit to get here. Yeah. You're dedicated. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we had like a nice, nice little hang in my studio. Oh, yeah. That's how we met, right? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was yeah. like a good hour, hour and a half, probably more than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talked too much, but you, I mean, we, no, man, we had a lot just, in common. Yeah. yeah, we talked about... Well, you told me about yourself, and mm. we looked at some of my work, and you asked cool questions. I remember you getting, um, like, a lot of my work is on the floor. That's how I work. Oh, yeah. And you were down on the floor, like, really checking this stuff out. Yeah. And I could tell that you were, like, genuinely 
curious and wanted to yeah. like understand how it was made and yeah. the materials I was using. I could sense this like a, like uh, you're absorbing information. Mm -hmm. um, and you hadn't been in town that long, right? You were no, I came um, right into New York, sleeping on Tori's couch, uh, like, and I would just run it. You what know? year was that? Was that? Uh, do you remember? Two. Uh, it was uh, January. I got here January eighth, two thousand fourteen. Okay, so you've been in town for two yeah. plus years. Yeah, about two thousand fourteen, yeah. give or take. And you came before you were in New York. Where you you grew up in Georgia? Yeah, I grew up in Macon, Georgia. In Macon, Georgia, which is um, I did a little research, known as the heart of Georgia. Did uh, you yeah. know that? Yeah, Central Georgia. Central Georgia. Yeah, WMAZ. Yeah. yeah. Um, about 80 miles from Atlanta. Yeah. But Macon's a fairly, it's a, considered a city. Yeah. yeah. But we say town. We call it the Mac town. So Macon, Mac, Mac. Oh, Mac, Mac town. town. Gotcha. Yeah. What's, what's Macon like? What was it like growing up there? Um, very, like, small, close-knit, uh, you know, very, you know, very, uh, everybody was together. Um, for me, growing up, you know, your neighbor could whoop you you know <laughs> like, okay you know very southern everybody stuck together you know mm -hmm. parents got outside and played kickball it was like very it's very it's a growing up there it almost feel like you don't want to leave or you don't think about right leaving uh -huh. you know in the beginning mm -hmm. and when you were a kid where was were you looking at stuff at that time with an interest in artwork or art was there like picture books or oh yeah um can you can you remember an early yeah uh, i i remember movie? yeah just being always being like a daydreamer and um you know what that we call now like lost in the sauce i was always kind of just like lost in the sauce yeah just wondering like i was just always in my own little world and um i remember seeing my brother had a really huge uh sketch pad and he was drawing a little bit and he did a couple of drawings he actually did one drawing that I thought was cool. It was like you, if you remember the show Bananas in Pajamas. I do not remember that. <laughs> yeah, show. it was like a show with these bananas. And they was were, it a kid show? Yeah, a kid animated show. or like people in costumes. People in costume, like okay. the throwback days. And uh, he was he drew that character in like urban clothing, and I just thought it was so cool. And I started drawing right after that. Is this an older brother? Yeah, my older brother Alex Price. He's uh, he lives in Tennessee now. Okay. Do you have any other brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a. Um, Two brothers, one on my dad's side, who is the oldest, and then I have my br brother that's, you know, my mom's side. Okay. I, I have two sisters. I'm the youngest of four. Okay. So, yeah, I'm like the baby. Big family. Big-ish. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the oldest of five. Oh, so that's. So, I, I guess relative to other people, I know that's a, that's a big enough family. Yeah, definitely. My wife is the oldest of six. Wow. Her dad is somewhere in the middle of 13. I mean, that's a big family. Wow. Yeah. But uh, anyways, um, yeah. That's so you, so your older brother played a role in maybe introducing yeah. you to drawing. Yeah. He wasn't even really into drawing. I think I mm -hmm. guess he was trying it out, and I seen that one drawing, and I took off. Uh, uh huh. And did you uh, take art classes in in school or anything like that, or any anything like this? Yes. Uh, I think like in high school or yeah, from middle school I was. In the I art knew room. I would be some type of something with art mm -hmm. um something uh with art i mean i was deciding between a comedian or an artist you a know. comedian yeah, oh, yeah cool. you know you know being a class clown you get so caught up into your fr little kid friends yeah, telling yeah. you like you're funny and you actually start to believe it but yeah i, I wasn't funny enough. it's also a way i feel like being funny or being that um 
kid in the class that is making kids laugh. It's a way to connect with people. It's exactly. a way to like gain respect in exactly. a way. Um, yeah, I think I was really kind of like like uh, subconsciously maybe unhappy with like the fact that all these kids had what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I had to to make myself you know feel a little better. I was pretty you know I had to be a jokester, so I had to figure out my way to get attention. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Ultimately, it's about attention. Are there comedians that you oh, yeah. like? Who who are some of your favorites? Uh, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle, number one best. Nah, I ain't gonna say the best comedian all mm-hmm. the time. Probably get out of Eddie Murphy or somebody. Uh, but I like Dave Chappelle a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, I mean, super brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I realized that it wasn't about like you know, being a a black comedian talking about the black struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think he realized that you can use that content but have, like, a deeper message. Right. And I thought once I realized what he was doing, I was like, man, that's yeah. pretty. I also like that he uh, re not reintroduced, but introduced to a bigger audience, Paul Mooney. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's why He's I, a smart, it's hard to say. smart man. Yeah, that's why it's hard for me to say, like, the best right. comedian. Because Paul Mooney, you will forget, but he is... Definitely behind all these comedians. Yeah, and Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah. And any number of other black yeah. comedians. Yeah, I think sure. he, Richard Pryor, started the whole, you know, I'm going to take my struggle and let you know about right. you laughing at my pain type of thing. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, man. That's heavy. Yeah. Um, was Is there an art scene in Macon, Georgia? Yeah. Are there galleries and museums? Yeah, it's a yeah. very small art scene. Um, Very traditional landscape painting. Sure. Um, like plain air and mm-hmm. you know very stiff um old school but uh you know but besides the sounds like, like a regional yeah a regional type of thing yeah. but, you know but they're really big on folk art so i think that was a really big influence uh-huh. um, were you going to those galleries uh as oh a yeah kid or? Um, oh no no not no. as a kid i always seen the places and kind of wonder like how could i get in mm-hmm. but yeah it wasn't until um Actually, I got out of the military. Oh, no, no. Before I joined the military, I start, you know, building up, going to the galleries and start figuring out what it was about. And then after the military, I came back. And, right. I remember uh, catching up with you maybe last time I came to your studio or at an opening. I asked you if, if you had returned to Georgia to see family. And I think it was like just after a holiday or something. And you had just gotten back and you were so excited to go home. To have home cooked meals. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what yeah. was it? What foods were you looking forward to? Uh, greasy macaroni and cheese. Yeah, you know? real good. What, and that's different than the macaroni and cheese we get here. Yeah, I mean, you guys try. You get close, but <laughs> it's not greasy. It's yeah. not unhealthy enough. <laughs> not unhealthy enough. So, uh, anything other than macaroni and cheese? Um, I like. You know that that the, like you would yeah. you would have at home like yeah I like a family would thin cut pork chops um, mm-hmm. even though I really don't eat any of that stuff mm-hmm. anymore I try to stay stay away but yeah my favorite dish probably would be like thin cut pork chops uh, mac and cheese and uh, collard greens yeah. with some cornbread or something <laughs> sounds and water pretty yeah. delicious <laughs> yeah um, let's get into I, I want to talk about your service mm-hmm. um, that's one of the things that uh, when I first met you I was really excited about because it's for me in my experience meeting all these artists in in new york and other places i've been to i can't think of anyone that i've met that's like oh yeah i was i was in uh, i was in the military i think you're the first person that's come into my orbit that that has that experience under their belt and um 
can you tell me you were in the Navy, mm-hmm. right? Yes. yes. And um, how did you want, did you, you, you signed up on your own? Yeah. Like you just felt like I wanted to check it out? Yeah, I was, it was all for the arts, man. Um, I started out um, in high school taking AP art classes and, you know, just trying to make a lot of art. Mm-hmm. So I actually had three AP art portfolios at my, you know, at my senior year. Yeah. She mm-hmm. just let me like go for it, you know, and I was really into distortion. So I made like a distortion portfolio, a landscape portfolio. And I think I tried to mix the both of them mm-hmm. with the third portfolio. So I made a lot of work just to try to learn and figure it out, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting, cool. getting into the military. Yeah. Getting into the military. I chose to, you know, um, I realized that I wanted to go to SCAD, and I was like, you know, you got to get What's a scholarship. Uh, Savannah College of Art and oh, Design. Yeah. Okay, SCAD. Um, yeah, okay. so that, you know, in high school, that was the big art school to go to, and I was interested, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I was poor, so I was like, right. I realized quickly that even a scholarship wasn't going to help, it wasn't going to be all. enough. Exactly, and I just seen, on, you know, one day at the high school, uh, at the class or school or whatever, I come home, and I seen a Navy commercial, and it was talking about traveling the world. And Did I, you see it on TV? Yeah. Okay. On TV. Traveling the world. Exactly. Like, I mean, you. That's how they got you. See the world. Exactly. Because yeah. naively. I don't think you're alone in that. I know. Naively, I was like, oh, I get to travel the world, and then I could just paint while I'm on the boat, so I can make paintings while I'm traveling. You know, so I was very naive, and I was like, well, and then on top of that, they'll pay for my education i can go to any art school i want to right so you know i was thinking that sounds like a a a fair and straightforward and honest plan um so how long were you in the navy um four years i did four years um one enlistment okay and um what was your title were you like a captain or Uh, i mean uh uh, i started out as a a seaman seaman you know well that's where everyone starts right yeah Uh yeah you know they joke about it okay seaman but um yeah, I started out as a seaman, as a cook. I started out as a cook because, once again, thinking about the arts, and I was like, what art-related job do you have when I signed up? And he was like, well, you know, culinary. You right. know, he didn't say that's cook. That's creative. Yeah, he said culinary. So I was like, he was like, yeah, you get to decorate cakes. So I'm like, well, that's the closest to art I could get. So, but it was So you, you signed up for that? I or signed you up for, for that, that? yeah. Okay. You know, I started out as that, and I realized, you know, it just taught me how to be a leader. You know, I was into it. I got real into baking. So, you know, it was crafty. But I ended my career as a fireman because I was... Uh, On the boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, for me, that's more respectable. You know? Okay. Yeah. And um, what? how big was the boat you were on? Do you remember what um, it was called? Yeah, uh, the USS Whitby Island, LSD-41, first in her class, first always. It's a amphibious-based ship, uh, basically like a taxi cab for the Marines. Okay. It's, um, we would say it's like a medium-sized boat, where it's like maybe a thousand-plus uh, crew crew members. Wow, that's a lot of people, though. Yeah, but it's compared to like the aircraft carriers, it's like... That's small potatoes. Yeah, it's medium, small uh-huh. type of thing. Okay. And... You said you started to get in a little bit of mischief while you were in the Navy. Oh, I got in a lot of trouble in the Navy. Yeah. I got all my bad out of me for the most part. While you were on the boat. I think so. <laughs> it's interesting to me that you uh, chose uh, 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 a place where there is arguably no escape, a very small that's, boat that's when you to realize, get all your mischief out in. Like there was realize. nowhere to go. Yeah, that's where you realize like... What were you, like fights and stuff? Oh, or? fights. Uh, uh, I had, you know, little man syndrome. Okay. Or, you know, I was uh, uh, insecure about, and I just didn't trust people. I didn't say I was, I mean, I guess that's insecure. I just didn't trust people, you know. Sure. Um, 
yeah and i was just angry i just i just realized that i was i, I was in a contract and i couldn't just be like i, I want to go right you know and i realized that it's about obeying the orders of those appointed over you. Right. And, or yeah. seeing that your contractor, you agreed to do this and yeah, you wanted to hold stuck. up to your word. Yeah. That's, an, that's admirable, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and you said earlier when we started talking about this that you're hoping to paint and draw on the boat. Did you, have, did you find time to do that? Um, I drew. I drew on boxes. So, I mean, because uh, my first half of my career being a cook, you know, you're dealing with you, boxes and shipments and everything. So I would draw on them all the boxes i would draw funny pictures of crew members uh -huh. and you know like caricatures of, of yeah uh, crew members yeah pretty crew. wild stuff uh we're using like a sharpie or a marker I or? Use sharpie pencil uh, uh -huh. you know dry erase board markers did whatever. you save any of those by any chance no i uh -huh. did shirts too i used to get sharpies and just make basically make drawings on t-shirts sure because i figured figured i could keep it but you know when i got out of the military i moved a lot again so. i'm a big proponent of the hand-drawn t-shirt oh i love that I, I should get that i still make them oh, i'm gonna get back into it there's something special about yeah even when it fades having the one a, one of a kind thing exactly whenever i wear them out people you know it's a mix of me and one of my kids drawing exactly. on it but they're always like that is the best shirt i've ever seen exactly i, was like, I wonder if that's because we made it and exactly. you can't get it anywhere else and <laughs> exactly exclusive it's yeah it's, exactly. there's there's some there's uh something that affects people exactly. about exactly i love that those. the power of like wearing a t-shirt and having even like people talk bad on text tees and stuff but when i wear it i mean i try not to wear too many text tees but it creates good conversations in new york because people don't really talk to you here yeah <laughs> so that's right that's right new york is kind of people are guarded yeah i mean yeah. i don't blame them but. yeah there's there's a lot of aggressive people out there yeah you know in fact on my walk up here to see you from my studio which is about 20 minutes away yeah um I saw this guy sort of coming towards me on the sidewalk and my hands were in my pockets. And you know when you can sort of see someone coming and oh, you're like, yeah. okay, that there's maybe something a little exactly. off with you them. Feel I got that vibe. I yeah. feel like I've been in New York long enough where I have that radar sense. Exactly. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And sure enough, he got within like five, ten feet with me and he's calling me a bum-ass N-word. And I'm like, uh, whoa. And I'm like, uh, okay, I understand. Like, well, what? This, you know, you, there's a lot of gentrification going on in this neighborhood. Oh, yeah, I wonder if it's something to do with that. Um, but my hands were in my pocket, and for whatever reason, I pulled out what was in my pocket as we got closer and closer. <gasps> Let me show you what was in my pocket. Oh, shit. Hold on. That's too good. Oh, my God. That's good. It's a little match race car that's matchbox too good. it's my son's matchbox car I want to and for that. whatever reason i like out of just like uh, i don't know like this is what's in my hand he took a look he was like oh, okay and kept walking oh my god so that's this, so this guy who probably had some mental health stuff definitely was was um angry that i was coming towards him yeah. for whatever reason yeah it's almost not important he probably was intimidated because you're tall you're tall he was taller than me oh but i had this toy in my hand and that's what uh, de-escalated the situation. So it's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it probably reminded him of his childhood. I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I should carry around my kid's car in exactly. my pocket all the time. It probably reminded him of his childhood. And maybe something. Soothe some anger for that um, second. Something. Uh, let's get back to the artwork. Um, I remember last studio visit I did with you, or last time I came over to hang out, you brought up uh, your time in the Navy on the boat as as informing the way you put together a picture. 
Yeah. And you and you talked about the the strong horizon line in a yes. lot of your compositions. Yes. You, can you can you tell listeners a bit about that? Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, for a while I tried to get away from it because I felt like you know it wasn't really pushing anything, or maybe it was just too too easy. Um. But I kind of realized that you know you just you should just paint. You know, you should just go with the flow and you just flow and, you know, in the meantime, make yourself uncomfortable as you go, but don't overthink it. So, you know, the horizon line has, it's just super apparent in all my work, mm -hmm. basically. But yeah, I always think about times when I was in the Navy on the boat and early in the morning, you know, being a cook, you know, the first half of my career, you, uh, you know, you wake up the earliest. So you go out and, you know, you just want time to yourself and you just get to stare out into nothing and off the boat yeah you know, at the water yeah all, yeah just so peaceful and just amazing um and i think that just stuck with me so you know a lot of times when i'm painting uh, it kind of just seeps in but, of course you know. yeah there's there's that above and below exactly um very spiritual kind of yeah you know. um yeah that horizon line i can yeah. imagine i can sort of picture walter on the edge of the boat, exactly. uh, maybe at sunrise, exactly. you know, the color, even the colors, you use a pretty vibrant palette and even some of the colors, I, I imagine sort of you taking in while exactly. you're on that boat or we working its way into it. Too. It helped me get, remain calm a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, cause I was really, uh, angry in the Navy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it <laughs> yeah. from what you're describing earlier. Yeah. Um, what, what were some of the places uh, we're sort of dipping back and forth into yeah, Navy good. artwork? Navy yeah. artwork. I, I talk about the Navy a lot. I like to talk. Yeah, about no, that's fine. Um, what were some of the uh, of your favorite places that you traveled and um, got to see? Um, sadly, I don't remember like ninety percent of the places I've been um, because of alcohol and you know, you know, partying. Yeah, wow. You're self-medicating on the on yeah, the boat. You know, maybe. you just uh -huh. get you know, you basically going to other countries to party. Basically, right. um, I mean, the captains or whatever are doing they're important stuff, but we just you know get hammered but um one of my <laughs> i think uh, that's common in the in the exactly. military exactly um that's uh one of my favorite places i would say is uh Rhodes, greece um greece yeah i think it's Rhodes. Uh, i kind of forget mm -hmm. but uh so warm there uh it was like we went kind of during the summer it was it was just beautiful there but you know they were you know they're in so much debt or whatever and that still was happening yeah. but you remember Every, the color of the water? Oh yeah, it was like a like a kind of like a kind of like that, like a teal, teal, like a turquoise aqua. Yeah, yeah, almost super, like a tropical, exactly. like white sand. Exactly. The bright sun, blue super sky clear. reflecting off the white sand. Yeah, you can yeah. see directly in the bottom. It's like very, yeah, very beautiful place. And the people there just seem, for the most part, for me, seem very upbeat and like. Just enjoying that sunshine, you know. It's yeah. a beautiful place to be. Um, Anywhere else? Um, let me see. Uh, it was in Bahrain a lot, so I guess I like it because. Uh, Say that again. Bahrain. Uh, Where's that? Uh, like Middle East or something. Okay. I forget. I'm pretty bad with geography, but uh. That makes two of us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's good. You know, it's sad, but. I actually just uh, uh ordered a world map to, I need for to our do wall because. Just home education with <laughs> exactly. my kid and putting the pin in the place exactly. where we've been to and where we want to go. I know. I'm learning just as I'm much gonna as I'm going to do that. That's a good idea. i got to do that. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah, Bahrain was nice mainly because stuff was so cheap, you know. So I was into weapons, so I bought like a lot of butterfly knives. And, oh. Are you allowed to have those on? Can't even boat? bring it back to the states, but you know when you got. But them, you could have them on the boat. Yeah, you can have okay. it on the boat. You know, you know when you you're like eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. and you getting like you come from a small town, you getting money. You you basically feel very wealthy because you come from nothing. So. Mm-hmm. You you overseas and you know you can't bring half of this stuff back, but you got money right. to spend. Or you get the stuff that you couldn't have when you were a kid. But exactly. Wanted to I did that yeah, a man, lot. I, I can identify. Exactly. I remember finally getting my hands on like throwing stars. Exactly. Uh, wrist rockets, which is a fancy slingshot. Exactly. Um, and then of course, you know my my oh, parents yeah. taking them away as soon as they figured out uh, where I was stationed. No, uh, <laughs> no, I was so into knives. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then you you did your four years. Yes. And then did you move back to you? Yeah. Um, you left on your Odin Accord. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. did your time. I did my four your years. Yeah, I fulfilled my contract barely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on my last strike, but yeah, the um, the master chief of the boat, which is kind of like you would say like the watchman mm-hmm. type of guy. Um, he was very witty and very like he just knew he he just really respected my um my uh my work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um. But he told me, like, yeah, you know, I can't save your ass anymore. Um, you, you're on, you're your, on your last strike, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I barely made it out. You know, I finished my time. A lot of people were like, you should stay in. We uh-huh. need your leadership. You know, you're a fool to get out to be an artist. And you were, a fire, you were on the fire squad at this point. Yeah, I was on a fire stroke squad. Uh-huh. I fought two live fires. I was super cocky, basically. Did your boat ever get involved in combat? Anywhere? Yeah, um, you know, we attacked some uh, pirate ships a couple of times. So. Do you remember where? Uh, I don't. I, I don't remember where. I I feel like whenever but I read about those it's crazy contemporary pirates, it's like always the Horn of Africa uh, up around that. It's oh, like the, matter of fact, we were headed to Africa. We didn't. Yeah. We we uh didn't well, actually I think it's, go. I think the Horn of Africa is the 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 northeast of the country yeah i think we were i mean headed. excuse me the continent yeah we the, were headed to africa but we ended up not going but maybe that was when i mean pirates came all the time mm-hmm. they like played they toy with us right but a couple of times uh we destroyed. i imagine for like uh the u.s military uh pirates are just a nuisance as opposed to they a are real very a nuisance yeah yeah um so then did you move once you're done did your time in the Navy, you went, did you go back home to Macon? Uh, what happened was, which is like the bomber curveball to my story, um, I, you know, joined the Navy to go to art school. So as I was about to process out, and they was calling me an idiot for getting out to be an artist, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had, you know, registered to go to uh, the Art Institute of Washington that was in like Arlington, Virginia or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, just basically an art school. Um, and once I got out, after being basically had all the paperwork done, and, you know, some law was passed where they cut some of the GI Bill's funding. So basically, once I was in the school, they, you know, I met with like the counselor later, or financial advisor, and she just slid me how much I would have to pay right away out of oh, pocket. Oh man, they it just yeah, they, I the heard. rug got pulled out from underneath you, yeah, literally man. by them adjusting a lot of curve the terms of the bill. Exactly. <sighs> I served. I put my life on the line four years just to go to art school. And I basically didn't get to go where I wanted to go. So I had to, you know, plan B, C, D. That know. is awful. I mean, but most people are like, well, How why didn't you just... How can people sleep at night I know. that are in charge of those decisions? I know. You know, and then people are like, why didn't, you know, why don't you just pay for it and just work? And I'm like, man, you served, 
you know, you work 18 hour days, four years from 18 to like 22 yeah. and you Serving get out, country. you looking forward to that unemployment to rest your, your back mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? So of course I, I couldn't, man. It just right. wasn't. So that, unfortunately the, 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 the plan to get into an art school yeah. collapsed. It's collapsed. So I had to go back to Macon and I went to, you know, state college and just study art there, you mm-hmm. know, and that was just as helpful because it was so technical and, you know, all about like, like I said, landscape painting and just uh-huh. like, you know, painting from life and just like really uh, honing in on, on your skills and building up your skills. Sure. So, did you have a favorite class or um, uh, teacher maybe at that at the community college that um, stands out? Yeah, uh, this guy uh, Charles Ward was a uh, he became a favorite in the beginning. I you know he was uh, he had a master's in drawing. Okay. So, you know, drawing class was big for me, mm-hmm. even though I was like, I'm a painter at heart. But mm-hmm. I knew drawing just is king, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was a master drawer. So um, he, yeah, we just started. I realized over time that he was just like super supportive. Right. You know, like. Right. And did you did you wrap up community college with a degree in, in art? Yes, I finished with an associate. So um, I uh, finished right away. Once I finished that, I just like, man, I'm packing my bags right. and coming to New York, you right. know. And I was apprenticing as a tattoo artist, too. So I realized then I was like. I, also I'm, in making? Yeah, I was okay. like, I'm not a tattoo artist. But it was all, everything I've done um, is to like just get better with being an artist. You know? Sure, sure. I'm always curious about people's educational experiences. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know if you've listened listened to some of the other oh, I have. interviews that I've done, but I'm, I think it's really helpful for um, other artists and other people that are interested in how uh, how they navigated exactly. their path. Yeah, it's not just one what way. What role education played yeah, in that? Yeah, persistence, man. You yeah. um, Everybody want to put pressure on yeah. this degree, that degree. It's about right. what you got in your brain and what you're willing to right. sacrifice. Right. You know? um, and I feel like your story is a good example of how the name brand school isn't always necessarily exactly. as important as maybe exactly. some people. Sure, it, it provides a certain type of infrastructure oh, yeah. for people. Yeah, it's beneficial. And, it, and, it, and it's beneficial, but you operated outside exactly. of that. and There's no one way to go. You know, yeah. it's, you know we all come in, we're right. all trying to fight the same fight from different angles. This you is know? true. This is true. Well said. Um, and you and I, let's, let's put art down for a sec. Mm-hmm. We've talked basketball before. Oh, we, yeah. we share an interest in basketball. Oh, we yeah. both play. Yeah. Or I should say, I used to play. <laughs> um, and you play in a league. Or like it's a, it's a yeah, semi-formal like a pickup yeah. group. And it's mostly artists that you play with? Um, or you not I, I actually play anymore? with like, I think it's like, a, I would say it's a real league now at the Chelsea Piers. Um, oh, okay. With uh, some guys that work at Gagosian or something. You know, I don't oh, ask yeah. too many questions because... I get nervous and stuff. But they're all people from the, people. The, the contemporary art world of New York. A lot of them are. Yeah. yeah you know. So it's artists, it's gallery directors, yeah. it's maybe some art handlers, exactly. a little bit of everything. Exactly. I think so. I don't usually ask too much, but from looking at the emails and stuff, uh-huh. I see at Gagosian, I'm like, well, uh, okay. But I don't, I kind of get, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Nervous do, do, do people talk shop while you're like in between plays or at halftime like oh uh, so you're putting on this show there is What's there any of that recently sort of yeah recently that happened um saying like oh i seen your work in paris and like you know and I, it caught me off guard so someone said that to you yeah oh that's cool man <laughs> yeah i where, mean but it's where in paris in basketball mode so i'm like right can i ask real quick where where your work was in paris uh what's what's it called like fayak 
Um, that, oh, uh, Fiac. Yeah, Fiac. That's an art uh, fair. Yeah, the art I mean, fair. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. I've always said Yeah, Fiac. I was at that fair. I showed some work at the fair. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they saw your work there. Yeah. And they, and they figured out who you are in the basketball Yeah, which is... And they, they did the math and connected yeah, you. That's, exactly. that's great. Um, yeah, that's weird when it happened. And what, what, what are you, like a point guard? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely point guard. Yeah. Um, what would you it. say your strongest strongest uh, uh area of the game is oh i'm defense defense oh yeah I, I'm, I'm the little guy that's basically too little for the game but i want to get into the best point guards head because most of them are very way quicker than i am but i'm just crafty and i talk shit and i just know how to i know how to motivate my score like my it. best scorer on my team to like my it. defense yeah. yeah so you gotta you gotta make it challenging for them oh exactly. that's what the, def- the exactly. like core defender is doing like you might you know, I know you're, you're going to get some run points, the court, but, but yeah. it's not going to be that easy today because exactly. I'm guarding you. Exactly. That's great. Um, I just love the whole idea of as soon as they see you, like as soon as another guard see you, and he, like for me in this league, they're a little bit older, so they're kind of like they're like grown men, and they got kind of like this grown man body type, and I kind of don't come off of that. I still come off yeah. as a kid, uh-huh. but when we get on the court, I just love catching people yeah. off guard. How old are you? I'm 27. 27? Yeah. Okay. And would you say – like when you when you're uh describing the grown men on the court yeah. um how old would you assume that they or guess that they were are they I like my say, age or bigger yeah, i'm 40 I say, yeah i would say yeah some of them are definitely in their 40s okay um, it's one guy's uh, like a lot of gray hairs um he's, he says he's <laughs> old but he run up and down the court real good so yeah. i mean i don't i mean i, I, I love playing with older guys uh yeah. But then the guys, I'm just, it's like, it's, a certain, it's just a certain body type. And I just know I still look right. really young. Right. You know? Middle age, setting in, a yeah. little heavier maybe. Exactly. You can't get all the weight off. Their, their, uh, uh, their skill set comes in play, yeah. into play down, maybe down at the yeah. post because they, they exactly. can use their weight. Yeah, for me, like, when the guy, like, around my height and, like, you know, I could tell he, like, uh, like what I would say, a grown man, mm-hmm. I could tell by the hands and the shoulders. Okay. Uh, where he, like, he probably had a like a super laborious job. Oh, or okay. me, I had laborious jobs, but I'm just yeah. super small. What are some of the jobs that you've had since you've come to New York? I and mean, when I oh, when yeah. I first met you, I like you were fresh. Oh, I was fresh. You were fresh in New York. Probably didn't even have a job at then. No, I, I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah. But um, I feel like the next time we chatted, you you picked up a job uh, working at a restaurant. Yeah, am I remembering that exactly. correctly? I was. Uh, so you worked at a restaurant. Yeah, I was a busboy at Pies and Thighs. I worked as a. Um, uh, a bar, a bar back at uh, Kenfolk for like a day, just a day. <laughs> yeah, some, like, that's somebody enough. got me the job, but I was like, man, I, I can't do this. Right. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of pride, and also I was just like, yeah, this shit is too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I worked at Crozier as an art handler. You know, I worked a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most recently. You worked at a frame shop. Yes, in uh, Long Island. Was it in Long Island City? Yes, in Long Island City. Uh, uh-huh. Julius Lowy um, as a you know a fitter. A you know? fitter. Yeah, they taught me from scratch. Uh, I got lucky once again. Yeah, and you got to see some and handle some pretty amazing artwork. Oh, you yeah. frame some amazing artwork. Oh yeah. Um, Does there a standout? Do you remember what your favorite thing that you got to frame was or got to handle? I mean, it was a lot of Matisse's. Uh, Matisse. Yeah, like and they Matisse were drawing sixteen by twenty. Print. Were they yeah. prints or drawings it or what? Paintings uh, around this size, sixteen. Matisse by paintings. Yeah, it was exactly. I think one that I remember was like a seated lady, one oh that God. we probably see on Google a lot. Cause yeah. I, and I, um, it was sixteen by twenty. And now. you help you fit it into like a float frame for a small canvas. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of I, what an experience. I know it's crazy to see it up close, and you know it's so old. Did you ever think growing up in Macon, Georgia? 
getting into the like being interested in art and drawing as a kid, getting into the Navy, moving back to Macon, moving to New York, fig, like <laughs> trying to figure it out and not knowing which way is up, and then eventually you're playing around. Not I shouldn't say playing, but you're handling. You're, you're handling a Matisse with like less than a year experience. Did you ever think you'd be in that oh, position? Oh no, man. Uh, that's what I always preach to people. I always preach to people just the idea of just, just you know, it, it's it's cliche. Like you know, when you think it and you think it and believe it, it can come true. You know, because yeah, I never imagined yeah. or just sticking with it. <laughs> exactly. Right. If you believe in it, like, and stick with it, like, hopefully things will line yeah, up. Yeah, hopefully, and feel good for you. Exactly. They might not be perfect. It won't but be. They feel good. Yeah, it won't be perfect, and it won't be how you picture it. It's not cookie cutter. There's right. a lot of things along the way that will happen that you will look back on and you'll be like, "Man, I needed that," but in the time you don't want it. You know. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, back to basketball. Oh yeah. This, uh, uh, content like players today, teams today. Yeah. You have a favorite player they like watching? Uh, I'm gonna just say my favorite player. It's uh, Al Jefferson. Uh, he played for the Indiana Pacers coming off the bench. You know, he's a super heavyweight guy, mm -hmm. tr traditional post player. I like the post. He's a big guy. Yeah, big guy. Huh. I'm a little guy that likes the, the big guy. The little guy that likes the big guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I would say the player that I'm watching this year is Tyler Eulis. He's a rookie from, um, he's from, uh, he played at uh, Kentucky, I think. Uh, probably he played, Kentucky. I think he played in Kentucky, but. Uh, for college. Yeah, for college. But he's 5'9, 160. He played for Phoenix, and he's very. He, every time he get on the court, they're like, "That's the little guy, the little mm -hmm. guy." But he's a court general. He 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 can run the court. Right. Uh, is he a rookie? He's a rookie. Okay. Yeah. So he's it, new this. It's year. just good to see somebody that's right. pretty much around your size playing with these big yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel compelled to bring up the uh, the iconic small guy oh, that yeah. played with the Atlanta Hawks in the eighties. Oh, it's Spud Webb. Webb. Oh, yeah. He was uh, like, oh, he was a mystic though. He was like, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a folk hero. That guy. I, uh, I, I feel like a lot of these smaller uh, NBA. Play I'm thinking of like Nate Robinson too. Oh, yeah, love these Nate. little guys that can jump to the moon and participated in the dunk contest and yes. stuff. Both those guys, I think, won exactly at least one. Nate dunk Robinson dunk. got the record. He won three times back to back. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I remember seeing Spud Webb that dunk contest. Lot that he won live Whoa. as a kid, and it like it was really like it, like the physics of it didn't make sense. I to me. know he's so small, and I think he was like five seven. He probably five, like eight. five eight. He's like I remember they 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 listed the his height in the little. They always give him a graphic few on inches. the screen. Yeah, they give him a few inches. But I said, Dad, what's five seven? Uh, <laughs> he's like, that's. That's the size of your mother. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was trying to picture my mom dunking. Yeah. But he would like, he was like alley-ooping like 360. It's, it's ridiculous. Double pump, reverse. And like, cra even crazier thing about it is he was skinny. He was just as skinny as I am. a little am. guy. Like yeah. Nate Robinson is kind of yoked. He's Nate yoked. Robinson is yoked. But Spud Webb looked like a regular He was my dude. size. He looked like skinny and just could. Mm -hmm. Even now looking at it on YouTube, it's just like, man, mm -hmm. that don't look real. It look edited, you know. Right. So this is maybe a tough question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Mm -hmm. If you could connect a player, or maybe more than one player, like if you could line up the style of play or the character of play of an NBA player um, that you think is similar to your paintings, could you oh. think of anyone? 
I would try to say two because it's a really I like that question. Yeah. Dang, that's tight. And I probably think about it a lot, but I never put you know I never really uh-huh. put questions together really. Good or who would you like to like if your paintings could be an NBA player? Who would you want them to be? Oh damn! No, no, I don't think we should say it, it, they could be an NBA player, but like the style of play. Maybe. Sure. Well, yeah, that's probably the same thing. But uh, hmm, damn, that's really good, man. Um, we can. Come I would back. say I would say I would say Al Jefferson right off bat. Because he's very, uh, he's very fundamental, mm-hmm. very you know, and I would just associate that with being formal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very crafty, and he's very he's uh, within within his style of play being so fundamental. It's not like how we consider Tim Duncan to be boring. It's mm-hmm. still very flashy and like very, you know, very popular. Uh, right. You know? And I also, understands understands the 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 core movements exactly. and how to how to but like keeps see the fresh mm-hmm. yeah and, and where to be at the right time exactly mm-hmm. so and then i would say uh lance stevenson i don't know lance lance stevenson, stevenson is from new york he's from uh probably like uh queens or something uh, i forget mm-hmm. maybe, maybe i know i think he's from brooklyn but um he played very uh freelance very uh uh, junkyard dog. He's sort of all over the place. Like, yeah, he sort can, of. He can sort of fill that spot exactly. On the floor. But you see it. You know, his game is not like the traditional, like all over the place, sloppy. But it's more like all over the place, and he'll give you thirty mm-hmm. unexpectedly, and then mm-hmm. he'll play his role. He, he, it seems like he know how to uh, transition from being a leader and then just playing his role on the team. He can go from being a six man to like a star player. I think, okay. depending on the coach. Sure. I thought of two players that I sort of loosely connect to your work. Yeah. And it's interesting you brought up Tim Duncan and fundamentals. Yeah. And I agree he's a boring player to oh, watch. But, I love, oh, no, I love but his stats are through the roof. Exactly. Um, and he was consistent. Exactly. Um, so I associate your the fundamentals of Tim Duncan nice. with your work. Just be, and, and that's it's it's sort of lazy for me to say, but like I think you make paintings on on small canvases with acrylic paint and a brush. Like yes. that's a that's a that's a traditional way of making exactly. a picture, and Tim Duncan plays traditional basketball. Exactly. Um, not too flashy, but he gets the exactly. job done. Um, and, but I would mix it so it's a hybrid player. I'd mix the fundamentals of Tim Duncan with the uh, sort of surprise. And I'm going to go back to a, an Atlanta Hawks player that yeah. I used to watch in the '80s called Dominique Wilkins. Oh man, you know Nick? Oh yeah, bullet. Uh, oh, what do it? Pigeon toe. Pigeon yeah, he's sort of pigeon toed. <laughs> his nickname was also amazing, called the Human Highlight Reel. Oh yeah, um, but he would just come out of nowhere and oh, yeah. rise above, yeah. and s- like he was known for his dunks. Exactly, a double hand windmill. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, but that his like he had a style and a flair that I think I would like breathe into the fun- oh, fundamentals of Tim Duncan as you use color and as you um, compose these interior spaces or these landscapes with yeah. these. That's nice. These uh, figurative components, or you know, the broken down car. Like there's yeah. these little little areas of surprise um, that I, I sort of. That and I guess nice. because you're George, uh, from Georgia too, yeah. I was trying to think of a yeah. Hawks player. Yeah, that's nice. And because I'm a certain. That's age, good. I, I mean, you know, oh, I go to those '80s players. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were the best back then. It's too flashy now, mm-hmm. kind of. It's going back to the center though. It's like yeah, the NBA is going back to the. Beginning. Yeah, I feel like a lot of sports are getting more into. Or professional sports are paying more attention to data yep. and like the money ball theory of things and oh, like yeah. the star player might not be the best player for your exactly. team. Exactly. I like I like this train of thinking. Me too. Um 
Do you have any heroes or artists that you look up to, uh, or non-artists that that you find inspiring? Um, I mean, I listen to a lot of like motivational speeches and stuff. Okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of people. So I'll just start just naming stuff. Up. I think about Matisse a lot. Um, you know, because you know it's always the comparison Matisse versus Picasso. But I just feel like. Matisse wins in your book. Yeah, he wins, man. He got the finesse, you know. He, he, you know, he just worked that brush, and you know, I mean, times change. We all into tech age, but paint to paint to canvas, paint to panel, paint to wood, whatever. It's just like mm -hmm. this is a real beautiful thing, you know. So Matisse, and then I think about Magritte a lot because he had so much content. You know, he would take a serious serious situation like. Like the idea of his mother drowning, and they find her with her like her dress over her head, and then he made this painting of two uh, figures kissing, but they, you know, cloth with the cloth over their head. You know, he made this like romanticized, like kind of witty, you know, you know, statement that is really very heavy. You uh -huh. know, I, I like that, and he used a lot of symbols. I was very, I'm very into that. Yeah, symbolism is is exactly. important both in your work and my Greeks. I can see, that. and I remember. You, you texted me a picture of the painting that ultimately ended up on the wall at Rachel Offner's gallery in that group show you're in. Oh, yeah. That was like, it's almost like one of those, like the back of someone's head. Exactly. And I think I went back and forth with you a little bit about, oh, I, I, like this reminds me of a Magritte. It probably and so. that yeah. makes sense to me. I mean, exactly. wait, your, your painting was exactly. way different, but the, that center head. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I was introduced to Magritte really um, late. Yeah. I, and then when I seen it, I sure. Was, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. It's irresponsible of me on the name of the painting with the the apple in front of the face, but the bowler hat, like that sort of exactly. I know what you're head and shoulders. Exactly. I think there's more torso in that painting, but exactly. um, that centered exactly. head shape. Exactly. Yeah. I just like how you know you 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 know a symbol can mean like 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 you said the couch. The couch can mean one thing to me or several different things to me and relate to you or remind you of something that's mm -hmm. totally different and. It helps hold the viewer in a way because it could relate to them, you right. know, a hat or, you know, a couch. Right. And I just like the power of that. It's kind of subtle and not too, I don't feel like it's, you know, I don't feel like it's trying too hard. It's just letting the image or the idea of the image or the suggestion of the image do its thing. Sure. Um, and we can bring our experience to that and apply, mm -hmm. apply that to the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about showing showing these works because because oh, yeah. it's sort of recent that you actually put these out there for the yeah. world to see, right? Yeah, got um, lucky. What was your first show when you were in New York? Um, was at Rachel Elfner that um, group show yeah, at Rachel Elfner. Brian Balot curated me into that show. I mean, uh -huh. forever thankful to that guy. Uh, How did you meet Brian? Do you remember? Probably through Tori at our at our art show or something, right. you know. And then we probably got into so it's a social thing. You yeah, just met him. yeah. I met so many people through Tori. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. he did. Did Brian come over for a studio visit? And oh yeah, Brian came. Yeah, he came over to the studio a studio visit when I was kind of freshly into this space that I am in now. And um, yeah, I just had kind of figured it out at that point. He came through at a kind of like at a good time where I kind of. You had some stuff that you're happy with yeah, the show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, had had a good idea where I wanted to go. Yeah, I was speaking to another artist recently about being ready for when those oh, opportunities yeah. present themselves and yeah. how important um, being ready for timing, those things. Yeah. Timing, it, it really is, exactly. um, and that it's okay with, if you're not ready. Exactly. That's like, what I don't think a lot of people understand. You know, mm -hmm. I don't even understand that. When I got to New York, I was like. 
you know, I'm gonna have my first show tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you I was, was gonna be that easy. Yeah, you know, like you know, naive. I was just super naive, basically. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I didn't even think about whether it would be easy or not. I just was like, I'm gonna work hard, and it's gonna happen fast. Mm-hmm. You know, but of course, that is yeah. not how I go. Yeah. But I did work hard. So. so you had that. You were in that group show at Rachel Offner's Gallery, which yes. is a beautiful show. Oh, and beautiful space. I love. That, I love her. That uh, painting that I was talking yeah. about, the Magritte. I, that was a beautiful painting. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, and then what? I I feel like there was maybe a. Uh, another group show at like an artist run space in Bushwick. Did you do? Am I oh, misremembering? Uh, Tori curated a drawing show, uh, I think. Um, yeah, at uh, Jeffrey Stark Gallery. I was in oh, a Jeffrey drawing Stark. show. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that was, yeah, that wasn't, that was yeah, That's right after. Yeah, 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 okay. in Chinatown. I thought there was something out in Bushwick and I was trying to get to it and I couldn't get to, or Probably. somewhere in Brooklyn. Probably so, I forget. Though. You forget? Yeah, hopefully I did. Right. <clears throat> and then, um, you had some stuff at the Freeze Art Fair last year. Yes. Um, yeah. Basically, basically, my coming out party was uh, through Karma. Uh, it showed me in Miami. At, oh, uh, oh, in Miami. Nada. Okay. That was like my introduction. Okay. Uh, which was really, a, you know, a spur of the moment type of thing. He just had came by the studio and was pleased with the way he had seen. I was, uh-huh. ner- I was nervous as fuck. But, um you know when we, you know, he had been wanted to come by when I was at Five Forty Four Park, and um, I'm glad he didn't. When your studio was at Five Forty Four, yeah, Park. I wasn't. That, ready. For listeners that don't know, Five Forty Four Park is a big industrial building that's exactly. got a lot of artist studios in it, yeah. and in fact, that's yeah, where, where my studio is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how did you did Tori also um, connect I, you with Brendan at Karma, or how did that? How did that? How did how did know, they get in front of your work? For you know, um. People, some when I say that some people kind of say, you know, like no, but I, I say uh, he was I was connected to Brendan through uh, Tori because mm-hmm. um, I came to New York for Tori's first solo show. You know, I didn't uh-huh. meet Brendan then, but uh-huh. I was in his space and I was like, this space is tight. You know? Yeah. And then when I came to New York to live, of course, I was going to all the shows there, and randomly uh, as I was leaving to go to work one day from the studio, I met Brendan in the. Um, in the elevator and okay. you know so we've seen each other and was kind of acquainted mm-hmm. and you know and he gave me a ride to work and you know <laughs> that's it yeah that's amazing that's another example of like timing timing and being at the right place exactly and being open to that sort of interaction exactly uh yeah that's a beautiful thing yeah was, that, that's how most things yeah. in life happen i know it's very uh, not everything but yeah, because I was working at Papa Bubble at the time. He dropped me off at like a, uh, a candy store, Papa Bubble. Uh, Papa Bubble? Yeah, candy Papa store. Bubble. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> by Lafayette. It's uh, what area that is? Whatever area that is. Not too far from where their gallery used to be on Great Exactly. Okay. It's very close. Um, so you did that in Miami. Um, and then that led to the, the, they brought your work also to Freeze? Yes, they brought my work to Freeze. Um, I kind of forget what I show there. Paintings, I assume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paintings, uh-huh. yeah, and then, a lot of drawings too. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and then uh, more recently, you had a show in Scotland. Yes, um, I had like basically my first solo show was in Scotland at uh, the Modern Institute. You know, it's in Glasgow. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's a that's an institution. That's a that's a big deal gallery. Yeah, I didn't even realize how huge of a deal it is, and I kind of never try to think about that because I think that kind of can 
seeping to something in me. that can freak you out. Yeah, for that that like, that yeah. puts undue pressure exactly. on things. And so it's probably a good instinct to sort of try exactly. and shelf that. I always do that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I like to uh, I like big moment situations, but I don't like to like think about it too hard. Sure, and, sure. And did you you went to the show? Yes, I was there. Uh, really cool place. Uh, did you go by yourself or? Yeah, did, I went by yeah. myself. Um, had you been to Scotland before? No, I I've never been to Scotland. Uh, no, it was wet, but it was not <laughs> gloomy. It know? wasn't gloomy. The sun no, was it out. didn't feel gloomy to okay. me. Well, the sun wasn't really out, but it didn't feel gloomy to me. It sure. felt just wet. Sure, you know. And how was was there? You, there was an opening. Yes, the opening was a very good attendance. I mean, yeah. I mean, of got course, crowded. Yeah, it yeah. got crowded. I mean, of course, I didn't. I mean, I think it was because Nicholas Party had a show uh, in the next building right over to Right. Well, they have a couple spaces. Right? Yeah, like, like double space. space. One that's very pristine, white walls, and then the other that's rugged, which is really smart, right. I think. And that's where you were, like the uh, sort of, yeah. the sort of, uh, like the, what what am I trying to say? Maybe like the the space that they'll introduce a new artist in or exactly. something like that. And it's a, and those are brick walls, right? Exactly. I remember when you, when you sent me pictures of the yeah. work on the walls, like, oh, it's not white walls. I know. That, I yeah, like he's, that. yeah. Toby Toby seen that. He envisioned that before me. You know, because who's the, Toby? Toby is uh, basically runs the Modern Institute, okay. um, and he's just. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's he's the director or something. Yeah, I would, yeah, the director. Um, he's very. I mean, he just get it. He just kind of get what I'm doing. Uh-huh. He kind of just understands, you know, my thought He's a process. supporter. Yeah, a big supporter. It's important that the people that you work with generally support you. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's exciting, man. Congratulations yeah. again. I on appreciate that. it. Um, um, you know, and I feel like this is maybe a good good part of the of the conversation to to talk about, like when artists. Uh, reach a certain place yeah um and maybe some people get to that place quicker than other other artists oh yeah people other artists start to talk shit yeah have you felt that at all i mean things happened you've been in new york for two years and um oh, i remember yeah. you, i remember it wasn't overnight for you but like it's relative to a lot quick. of people <laughs> that's a quick that quick pace to that, go from sleeping on someone's couch working yeah. at restaurants to showing at that the Modern Institute true. in Scotland yeah. to, I know you have got, you've got a forthcoming show coming up that we're yeah. going to talk about. Yes. But, um, that how does true. that must feel bizarre to, to yeah. like what, what's, how do you process that? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know if I'm processing it. I'm just, it's kind of just like, what it feels so surreal. Down? Yeah. It feels so surreal to me. Sometimes I'm just here in New York and I'm like, man mm-hmm. like you you are here you know yeah. i mean i mean i think I, to be honest i mean i'm i feel like i'm so happy inside but it just hasn't like really yeah. exploded out of me right. yet or something um but yeah it's a crazy experience and yeah i'm pretty sure people are kind of like you know totally against it you know i mean i don't know if <laughs> you know you know my point of view is that like being envious or yeah. jealous in these situations other artists that's a natural human instinct yeah and that's okay to feel that's true right but i also think we're all kind of in this together and i think it's inappropriate to say i deserve to be there in front of that person i think that's completely inappropriate there's 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 the the world of art is uh is one of a handful of places where there aren't really rules which is a good thing i love it and one of the metaphors i can think of is like we can be angry if people uh, uh, get ahead before us, mm-hmm. 
or get there quicker. Yeah. If if it's something more life and death, like I would exactly. be pissed if the guy operating on me, like <laughs> for took a shortcut, right? For like real. there yeah. needs to be a system of checks and balances yeah. for the medical community and to yes. be a doctor, and there is one, and that's important. Similar with law, exactly. And there's a mil, you know, maybe not. I was gonna say a million other industries, but there's other industries exactly. that, that have a checks and balance system so that. Uh, the most qualified person exactly. is is able to handle the responsibility. Exactly. The art world, I don't think, I think it's inappropriate for that sort of thing. In the exactly. art world. So I think us collectively as artists need to support each other. Exactly. We can be jealous and envious of each other, I but know. It should we should be happy for each other that exactly. like it's that this is uh, um, unfolding the way I it is. No, exactly because you know it's kind of just like. You know, if you know, I mean, we all like you say, it's a natural thing to feel. You know, it's a natural emotion or whatever. But you know, for me, I never really felt envious. Like even you know, knowing Tory, going to mm -hmm. school, you know, starting out with him, and him just showing me the ropes. Yeah, it's just like, man, I told him even one time. You know, I was just like, even if I never even made it, I'm. I would just say that I'm completely happy that the fact that I know you, I yeah. really know you. And, and <laughs> let's just be clear, we're talking about Tori Thornton. Yeah, Tori Thornton, a friend of yours yeah. that you grew up with exactly. in Macon, Georgia, who is also an artist here in New York exactly. City that's doing quite well. And exactly, yeah. like yeah. so. I, you know, that's my thinking. When I like love someone, or you know, I mm -hmm. call them a friend, or you mm -hmm. know, I can't compete. I, I don't know how to compete with loved ones. I just sure. don't. You know, it just motivates me more. Or yeah. if I can't achieve my goal. I was like I yeah. told him, like I accept the fact that I know somebody that come from the same place I came from. And they made it, so that's good. Yeah. You know, that's a good enough feeling. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you know it's great that Tori's sort of helped you in those oh, small yeah. and big ways that he has. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all have some version of that in our lives. Exactly. You need it. Yeah. Can't do it alone. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly talk about studio space and the space in which you oh, work. Yeah. Um, when I first met you, you were in the 544. Yeah. You had you had a small space and yeah. a collective space. Normal, yeah, space smaller. And um, when I visited you in that studio, it was tight. It was small. Yeah. Um, and you were making your paintings. I feel like weren't as resolved as they are now as they At were then. No. And you're also painting on like little crib kid uh, little baby crib mattresses which yeah. is an interesting experiment <laughs> it is but you seemed like in this sort of exploratory mode oh, like I was you're still figuring things exactly. out and then i remember uh i told you that i was getting a space in that building and you're yeah. like oh actually i just moved out couldn't afford it anymore i know and you moved your studio home which is exactly. where we are which is where we are now yes and we're in your living room yes and i i noticed i don't know if I'm going to assume you noticed this, but as soon as you moved back home and you took that financial pressure off of, oh, yeah. of like renting a studio space, exactly. which in New York City is getting more and more expensive. Crazy. Things started happening for exactly. you. Exactly. Like when you came home. Exactly. You didn't have a studio space. Exactly. And I know a lot of artists feel like they have to have a studio yeah, space. Yeah. Some people. But it happened for you the other way around. Like you got exactly. rid of the studio exactly. space. Exactly. And it and clicked. And it clicked. Exactly. Were I, you? Did you notice that when it started happening? Uh, I mean, you know, it was more comfortable, and I felt like you know, um, 
like you said, the financial pressure is off because I, you know, I am a, a cheap person uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, well, as artists, I think a lot of us. Yeah, we gotta sure, be cheap. You gotta try to last. Have to operate here. <laughs> exactly. You gotta be uh-huh. financially you have aware. To be smart. <laughs> exactly. So when I was, I like paying, to use this word "smart," not cheap. Exactly. <laughs> the cheap does sound bad. Yeah, smart. <laughs> I, I, I need to hold that in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, but because when I was at that studio, you know, I was thinking about, man, each month you got to pay, you know, uh-huh. whatever, 650 or something. And I was 650 man. bucks a month. Yeah, and I was yeah. working at a chicken That's joint. Real money. Yeah, so I was barely uh-huh. making it. And, you know, I had enough for rent, but I was like eating potato chips for dinner and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, paint, 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 figure it out. You know, I was like, Excuse me. really, I basically was rushing because I was like, you got to figure this out faster. Because I, in my head, I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to pay for this you know right so you know moving home yeah the financial pressure is off and you know i feel like i just could go for it and i could think about it yeah relax you know and yeah. think about it more and all in the middle of the night if yeah. i have an idea i can at least start you know so it helped it just helped me relax i, I think it helped your work too i yeah. saw like a like a turn in your work where it seemed more confident yeah. Uh, more more uh, uh joyful looked like you're having more fun way more you're starting to experiment more with color Exactly. And mixing these, uh, uh, or, or, or combining these colors in an interesting exactly. way to to, um, to put off a, a vibe in each exactly. of the paintings. And I didn't see that in the little little. I know. I was expensive shared studio space. I saw that here in your living room. Exactly. Um, all that said, do you think now that you have a little attraction and um, you have some things happening for you, do you think you'll want to? get a studio space or are you um, gonna no make... time soon um you're happy yeah. here still oh i'm super happy here uh you know when i feel it i'll do it but i always go with feeling you know so mm-hmm. it's i don't see no need i can do you know fairly medium-sized work and it still can you know mm-hmm. get down fit and go down the stairs so yeah until it i want to make a massive painting and go that route I will, but I don't think it's no need to go that way too fast. Yeah. And I think it's all about taking your time and owning your moment, you know? So. Yeah. Well said. I, I think that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, it's just, I ain't trying to get another bill, man. Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> no, the fewer, yeah. Yeah, the fewer bills you have to pay, shoes. the better. <laughs> I can save that money by basketball shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, do you think you're going to be in New York City for the long term, or are you happy here? You've only been here two two years and yeah. change. Do you, you see a, a long life here? Are there other cities that you want to live in? Yeah, while I'm young, I think I can. Uh, I, I need to be here um, mm-hmm. and soak it in as much as I can. And it's so much I haven't seen here, so I still got a long list of things to see and experience and people to talk to. So as long as my knees are feeling good, you know, and can I can survive those cold yeah. winters, I, I think I should be here for a while. Yeah, you know. I think it's appropriate because how fast I learned here, you know, mm-hmm. things I learned, people, people I encounter. I mean, I don't know if you get that anywhere else. Right. I mean, I went to L.A. before I made my decision to move to New York. And Just was, to check it out? Yeah, to You're check it sort out. sort of scouting it and out. And I seen Henry Taylor's uh, show at Blom and Pole. And that's really what, you know, when people say that show that changed your life or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I realized, like, man, you can really go for it mm-hmm. with painting. Because he was painting people he knew. In uh-huh. the neighborhood and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, you just do you and do it with love. And, yeah, you know, he owned the show, and I was like, man, that's great. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, uh, uh, having those reactions to shows where you it gives you, <laughs> yeah, the energy to 
take that risk or take that exactly. leap. Exactly. That's, that's definitely you know, taking a risk. A tip of the hat to to that show. I you know, know. It's good that to have those great. Uh, have those shows in our lives. I know. Uh, the other people's shows in our lives. Right? Exactly. Um, I, I feel like to close it out. Do, do you have any? Uh, and this is you know maybe hard to think of stuff on the spot but do you have mm-hmm. goals that you want to try and accomplish in the next in the short term or or, or like hopes or dreams for your work or for ex- like places you want to go or things you want to yeah, do um i mean i just like enjoy it. i mean i don't really you know at the moment i don't know if i have like any really set goals mm-hmm. besides just to continue to make myself uncomfortable within the work and push the work as hard as i can make yourself uncomfortable yeah i'm all about being comfortable being uncomfortable you okay know? i mean coming from a small city to a big city you need to be that way if okay. anything else you know so in the work you know i think my main goal is to you know steadily do things that are you know uncomfortable and don't work and try to figure it out mm-hmm. you know but as far as like you know like showings and stuff i mean i'm really into the international scene i just like how they seem to react to art um uh-huh. but you know maybe you know the museum shows i mean i think the typical goal yeah show? you know i mean but i'd right love to now, see a walter price show in a museum i uh, know maybe right now it's just way too early so <laughs> it's kind of like but but that's like, a goal overall to have. that's goal. like yeah. put it on the list those are important exactly because yeah. that i feel like that staples something so uh-huh. then if you know you don't do nothing else you, you had one right. <laughs> you know that's great yeah well walter this has been um really great to hear your experience and and your story and cool i've enjoyed getting to know you over these Uh, past it's been a short time a couple couple years but i i like i know i like how we talk about art together i like when you text me questions or or, uh, um, it's always like a nice little back and forth and um, i've liked watching your work develop and become more confident as i was saying earlier yes. and i feel like these works are uh, almost like self-portraits they're they're personal i i feel like and i think other viewers or listeners that will listen to mm-hmm. this and then they look at your work they might feel you in these and i think yeah. that's that's uh, yeah, it's definitely there that's I, important to um to me as a viewer like i feel like i can i, I experience exactly. you as a person in these in these paintings exactly um and i'm really excited for your uh um, upcoming show which is going yeah. to be at yeah be karma at karma yeah here in new york space. city yes uh, uh, and that's in is that this month uh it's projected for december oh so december for december okay yeah. um and all the traction and, and exciting things yeah. that you have going like that that that's happening for you and you sort of came in at it sideways yeah which is <laughs> which I find refreshing, you know, yeah. there's like these long slogs that people go through to, to get to a certain place yeah. or to get to the place that they want to be. Yeah. In. And you find, you, you found your Avenue and that's inspiring. Um, but it's, but it's, it's great, Walter. And, and, um, thank you for talking about it. And thank you for your oh, service yeah. to this country. Yeah. Too. I appreciate that's it. Important thank knowledge. you. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, I'm man, I could go forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks man. This is great. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we've made it to the end. A quick reminder that listeners can learn more about this project and the artists featured 
by visiting deepcolorpodcast.com. You can also find the series and subscribe in iTunes. Thank you for listening and check back soon for a new episode.